are kidding me. You are kidding me. No, no way. You cannot do that, Ben Stokes. Carlos Brathwaite! Carlos Brathwaite! Remember the name! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of By the Barest of Margins podcast. This is your host, Sanket Singhbal, and today we'll be previewing the big test series between England and Pakistan starting next week. Uh, we're recording this on the night of 2nd of August after the conclusion of the second ODI between England and Ireland last night. Uh, we had a, promised earlier that we'll be doing a full review of the ODIs, but you know, given the very short turnaround between the start of the Pakistan test series, we had to record this today to give you people enough time to listen to our preview before the first ball at yeah, Old Trafford on Wednesday. Uh, before the first ball at Old Trafford on Wednesday. So yeah, let me introduce you to my panel today. Rahul Vishwanathan, as always, our in-house England expert. Welcome once again, Rahul. Hello, guys. Uh, Abhyudaya Tyagi, who is a debutant on this podcast. Uh, I'll just refer you as Abu from here on for the sake of my pronunciation. <laughs> so uh, yep. welcome, Abu. Uh, yep. Is this the first Thank time you've been you. on a podcast? Uh, not really, but first time on a cricket podcast, yeah. Ah, great to see, great to see. And last, but definitely not the least, uh, John's Benny, famous as Crick Crazy John's on Twitter. Uh, he is the biggest cricket fan that I've ever seen, and I don't say this very lightly. If you want any information, news or updates about cricket, uh, right from international cricket in Australia to age group cricket in Zimbabwe, he is your man. How are you doing, John's? Great to have you on board. I'm fine. Thanks for inviting me into the podcast also. Ah, it's a it's our pleasure to have you, Jones. Uh, so yeah, before we move on to the test series, uh, there are a couple of talking points from the ODIs that you know have been played over the last week. England, as expected, have wrapped up the series 2-0, although they were definitely given some jitters in both the ODIs, especially the one played yesterday. Uh, Rahul, a couple of French players, uh, Sam Billings and David Willey. Both of, both of whom have been a part of the England limited overs setup since 2015, but have never really been able to cement their places in the first 11. And both missed out on the World Cup triumph last year as well. So it does seem that they have taken their snub quite well and returned with strong performances in the absence of senior players. Heartening to see, isn't it? And uh, do you think that they've done enough to at least be in the spot, uh, if not in the 11th for the series against Australia, when the first choice players presumably return? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> David uh, David Willey was uh, very was really unfortunate to miss out on the selection for the World Cup with the late addition of Joe Archer, and he has shown uh, he has made a really good comeback now. And the Billings is shown with this couple of knocks, he's he's uh, performed really well in the middle order. And with other players, as in Wins and Banton, who have not grabbed their opportunities really well, it is. Uh, it is possible that now that both uh, Billy, uh, Billy and Billings are going to be part of the strokes. Or 50 runs scored for the Australian ODIs. I definitely expect them to be. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yeah. And Ireland are a team that are very much in transition. And in that sense, their struggles over the last couple of years and in this series also, I guess they are to be expected. Uh, some promising signs for them. This series in the form of young Curtis Camphor is emerging as an all-round player of real quality. So I think we are all hoping, you know, we apart from Rahul, obviously, uh, that they can spring some sort of surprise in the third ODI for the efforts that they put in in the first couple of games. And maybe then we can have a full episode dedicated to it if something dramatic does happen. But for now, we are moving on to the big one. Uh, so, yeah, England just beat West Indies 2-1 to win the Wisdom Trophy. And, you know, 
gain a vital 80 points in the World Test Championship. They currently place third in the Test Championship standings with 226 points after three series, which is exactly halfway point of the World Test Championship. And after this series against Pakistan, they've got a couple of tours to the subcontinent, you know, and and especially one in India, which is going to be a very difficult series. for them so yeah i'm sure that given their schedule left i think that they probably want to capitalize on the full points on offer this series and uh, yeah pakistan have been one of the best touring sites in england over the last decade uh, they haven't lost a test series against england since 2010 so england definitely have some scores to settle there as well so i'll start with you abu uh, and i think it's no secret that the foundation for success for any test side uh, especially in england starts right at the top uh i know that you are a big admirer of abid ali and if i'm not mistaken you picked him in some of the countless mock drafts and options that we have done on our whatsapp group during this lockdown so do you think that he has the technique to be able to negotiate the likes of jimmy anderson stuart broad jofra archer in english conditions or is there a case for imam hulak who is the third opener in the squad who has prior experience in these conditions having toured in 2018 and and, and what about the other opener in the squad shan masood he has had some success overseas recently in both australia and south africa so how different how different or how difficult is it going to be to you know replicate that in england yeah to be frank uh, between imam and abid i don't think either is a great option both are good players don't get me wrong and they're certainly better than some openers that pakistan have come up with over the years but abid ali is incumbent he had an outstanding start to his career in Pakistan against Sri Lanka and Bangladesh and as Sanket said I'm a big admirer of him he's made a truckload of runs in domestic cricket but I think that he struggled a lot in the warm up games he actually got a concussion uh there was a concussion scare he wasn't actually diagnosed for one and I don't think he made more than 16 in the four innings that he played so I think he is bound to struggle and I'm a little worried about him but I still think he's a better option than Imam ul Haq who has had ample opportunities at the test level he's played 11 tests but he only averages i think around 25 so i'm not sure if imam's a great option especially if we're considering masood to be the certain starter i don't think one should go in with two left-handed openers anyways in english conditions with the form that stuart broad has been in against left-handers i mean you could have two david warners basically at the crease if things don't go well so i would certainly go with abid but i don't I honestly don't think he's going to have a great series and I do think he'll tend to struggle against Anderson and Broad but he has a higher probability of success than someone like um, Imam for example. I think Masood will be good. Um he, since his comeback he's been a transformed player and he's spoken publicly about the changes he's made to his technique. Um as you said he impressed in Australia and South Africa and that really bodes well for how he'll perform in England. Um he's clearly familiar with the conditions. He spent some years in England growing up and he's actually known for his performances in schoolboy cricket over there. So yeah, I think he'll do well even though it's very hard to predict the success of a left-handed away opener in England considering the form Stuart Broad has been in of course. But yeah, I think Masood can bat time and that's going to be very important in these conditions especially because Pakistan have, you know, the real core of pakistan's batting lineup comes later down at 4 5 and 6 and 7 with babar shafiq and rizwan who have frankly have been their three best players over the last 2 3 years so i think if the if someone like masood manages to bat time pakistan will do well especially if he manages to tire out the bowlers uh, ensures that babar is not exposed to the new ball 
then I think Masood could be very important. But I'm not sure about the other openers. Right, right. Uh, Jones, uh, one of the major question marks uh, for Pakistan in the lead up to this series has been about team balance. And I think this is a common dilemma faced by teams on the road. The eternal fifth bowler or sixth batsman question. Pakistan have Fawad Alam in their squad, who has been, I think, one of the most consistent batsmen in first-class cricket, and not just in Pakistan, but I think all over the world uh, over the last decade or so. Uh, is it time for fi- finally for him to get a go at number six? He can bowl a bit of part-time spin as well. Uh, would you go in with a proper fifth bowling option in the form of either Shadab Khan? That would probably make it two, le- two leg spinners. Or Fahim Ashraf, who's... You know, has flattered to deceive at international level. And if they do go in with a fifth bowler, do they have the batting depth lower down the order, you know, with, with the with the kind of skills that their bowlers have got, uh, you know, the batting skills that is, to get enough runs lower down the order? Because we've seen over the years how crucial lower order runs have turned out to be in test matches in England, especially for the home side. I think they should start with Adam in the test series, uh, considering the uh, form of uh, we have seen over the last two se- last two seasons, uh, India came with Hardik Pandya, or uh, Australia tried with some few batsmen, and they have been successful in the lower order. So Pakistan should start with Fahad Alam in the first test, and uh, looking at his form in first two test matches, they can consider Shadab Khan or Fahim Ashraf for the third test. Uh, if you take uh, the practice matches, uh, Fahad Alam was batting really well, especially he was uh, facing lots of balls. I think he has faced over 150 uh, balls in one of the practice matches and scored around 40 runs. Even Fahim uh, has been bowling really well and he is suited for these conditions. But still, his batting has been really under par in, even in domestic cricket or in uh, practice matches. So considering uh, how crucial it's, uh, it will be, uh, the lower order runs we need uh, for the Alam uh, in Pakistan, uh, mainly at number seven. And it also is of the pressure of Barbara Sammor, Mohammad Raswan, who has been the two most consistent batsmen for Pakistan in test cricket for last one and a half years. Uh, so this uh, batting at further uh, batting at number seven might reduce the pressure of Barbara Saman uh, Rizwan. Uh, that that might help to boost their confidence also. Uh, considering the fifth bowling option, I don't think they need someone like Fahim or Shadab. Especially uh, Mohammad Abbas has shown his form in last home season. Shaheen getting uh, more experience through uh, last few series, even in wide ball format also. Nasim has, has proved in uh, last home season, especially taking a five-kit hole. So they have the three-pace attack and Yasser uh, Shah also has been really good in last home season. That might have given him the confidence so uh, for, for the first test, I will be starting with an extra batsman and considering the form of uh, him in first two tests, uh, if you need, uh, if he's not scoring much, uh, we'll consider, uh, I think they should consider uh, Shadab Khan or Fahim Ashraf. Even uh, Fahadab will be on 
pressure uh, especially he has played test match uh, of late even last 10 years something misbah should have given him an opportunity in the last home season they have played three test uh, one against bangladesh and two against sri lanka there was lots of talks uh, going around not giving him much opportunity but uh, right now uh, going to england and uh, playing the first test match after almost a decade uh, it will be putting him lots of pressure uh we can't expect uh, him to score big runs or make hundreds or even 50s it will be a, it will be really cruel for him uh, considering uh, he um, the team manager how he has been treated uh, harry sohail was has been has been a uh, bit average in australia but they uh, continued with him in home season and now they'll be facing this dilemma with harry sohail not coming to england due to family issues uh playing a almost uh, we can call a youngster in international arena uh, it will be a big gamble but you uh, pakistan need to take that gamble considering their uh, top order has has been between consistent with shan masood or abid ali both has been scoring much has in scored much runs in practice matches even asar ali has been uh, in great form uh, other than 100 against sri lanka something and uh, it will be if they are going with shadab or fahim it will put lots of pressure on rizwan and babar asad even asad shafi is is also bit in consider almost like rahana during a uh, few years back uh, he has been performing so uh, it will put lots of pressure on babar and rizwan so i think uh, they should start with seven batsmen uh, one spinner and three fast bowlers right that's a fairly lengthy dissection of the pakistan batting issues and yeah you're spot on i think i think personally in my opinion pakistan should go in with a extra batsman as well uh, so coming to you rahul um, and in the last test against the west indies uh, you know england played with five proper bowlers with ben stokes as a sixth bowling option so can we expect them to revert to type against pakistan with a more conventional lineup and if so who goes out for zack crawley has dom best done enough to stay in the side i know he's the only spinner in the squad but uh, do you risk going in without a spinner uh, considering that pakistan plays spin bowling pretty well and if you do want a spinner in the side which seamer drops out yeah all depends upon if ben stokes is still fit enough to bowl firstly and if he is zack crawley obviously comes back at 3 now looking at their bowling attack uh james anderson and stuart brought pretty much uh, picked themselves when then there are two slots left and three options are jofra archer chris wokes and dom bess now it's kind of a tricky conundrum because chris wokes in his last innings picked up a five wicket on so now it's like who's going to play between wokes and archer but if you ask me jofra archer has is is the x factor he has that pace and you need to back such bowlers he is the only one who is slightly different to what anderson broad and wokes offer i would definitely have him he is going to be my third pacer of the attack and then when you have ben stokes as well who is your fourth seamer you really don't need a chris wokes as a fifth seamer to you know bowl against pakistan four four seamers are more than enough to attack pakistan and then you need you know who is for a safety kind of approach if because the, uh, because this uh, this is the same venue at which the third match is going to be played consistently they have two played against west indies and this is the on the old trafford pitch 
This is the third game. So you definitely need to go with an off spinner. I know Bess hasn't shown much of form, but then since you have picked him, is the only spinner you have picked him, you need to go and back him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like so my attack would be Anderson, Broad, Archer, Stokes, and Dombes for this first test. Right, right, right. Uh, Abu Azhar Ali and uh, Asad Shafiq, they have been the senior pros in this Pakistan lineup for, I think, you know, almost a decade now. And, you know, there have been concerns over there, you know, quite understandably about their form and, you know, inability to step, step up and lead the way after the retirement of Finas Khan and Misbah Lak. They are currently on their third, uh, fourth and third test tour of England, respectively. You know, Azhar Ali was a part of the squad in 2010-2016 as well as 2018. And in fact, he also played a test series against Australia, you know, just before the England series in 2010. Uh, so this is this is his fifth test series in England. Asad Shafiq is also on his third test tour of England. Uh, is this, you know, you know, the time for them to finally prove everyone wrong and really make a difference on this tour? Because it's going to be it's going to be very difficult for Pakistan to compete against England without a major contribution from either of them, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think both of them are absolutely key considering their experience in these conditions. But frankly, I think Azhar Ali will struggle. Um, he was. He was frankly awful in the last two tours of South Africa and Australia. I think his highest score was in the 30s. And he's at that age, he's 35, where you wonder if his ability to pay, play pace is um, waning a little. So, yeah, I'm not, I, I wouldn't be too sure about Azra Ali making any significant contributions this series. He did have a century in one of the warm-up games, but that was uh, against a second-string attack for Pakistan. So I'm not sure if he can, you know, if that will translate to the test arena. Um, Azrali is actually his last 50 against, uh, his last 50 in away conditions was actually in England uh, when he made 50 at Lords in the test win they had in 2018. And um, I was actually watching highlights of that game and Nasser Hussain said that Azrali has shown English batsmen how to bat in English conditions. So, I mean, there is hope, but considering that record but honestly i don't think he's up to it anymore and i think he'll struggle especially considering the quality of england's pace attack and i think joffre archer will especially be very good against him considering that i don't think azrali is excellent against pace on the other hand i think asad shafiq will have a good series mostly because um shafiq has a tendency to do well later in series especially in away series i think we saw, we've seen that in previous tours of England, we've seen that in Australia, we've seen that in South Africa. So I, um, so considering the you know precarious circumstances this tour is taking place in, Pakistan have played three warm-up games, and I think that might have helped Shafiq um, acclimatize to English conditions. So I do think that he will have a good series. Um, maybe he can replicate his second or third test form in the first test immediately, considering it's a short series, and. Um, as I said before, Pakistan have players who can bat time in the top order. Even Azhar Ali, if he doesn't make too many runs, I think he can still make you know 10 of 60 or something. So I think that'll really open it up for players like Shafiq. And I think we'll see a few attacking 50s from him. I don't think he'll notch up any big scores. He has a tendency not to. But even those quick 50s can be useful. I think West Indies showed that you don't necessarily need a 500 score to win in England. If you could get to 300, that's, that's often good enough, as it was in the first test at Southampton. 
the problem for West Indies was that they couldn't even get to 300. So I I think that if Shafiq can make those crucial 50s, he will be one of Pakistan's most important players. And um, he could be the difference between them losing 3-0 or, you know, notching up at least one test or, you know, maybe even two. Yeah, big call there, big call. Uh, you know, Jones, uh, we all know that, you know, Babar Azam is one of the best batsmen in world cricket in all formats, really. Um, it was in this country in 2018 that his test career really kick-started, in my opinion, after after a fairly slow start for the first couple of years, uh, with a match-winning half-century at Lords in the game that Abu was just alluding to. And he returns two years later, ranked number six in the world in the ICC test rankings for batsmen. There have been talks that uh, the Fab Four that we generally associate with in world cricket, uh, that is Steve Smith, Virat Kohli, Kane Williamson and Joe Root, uh, should be expanded into a Fab Five to include him. There are even suggestions that he should replace Joe Root, who has not been in the greatest of form for the last couple of years in the Fab Four. Uh, my question to you, Jones, is, and uh, you know, we have seen what two of the preeminent members of the Fab Four uh, Virat Kohli and Steve Smith, we've seen what they've done in England over the last two summers. You know, Virat Kohli scored 593 runs. Uh, Steve Smith scored something like 774 runs in, in four tests. Uh, is Babar Azam good enough to, you know, get anywhere close to their efforts and, and really cement his place among the elite? Is Babar Azam good enough to produce 300 uh, to 400 run series in England right now? Because obviously it's not he's not going to score a 500, 500 runs in three tests, but can he get, you know, 350 to 400 runs in these three tests? Because if he does, then Pakistan would be in a pretty strong position to win uh, the series, uh, won't they? Uh, I don't think he can repeat Virat Kohli or C. Smith, who has done in the last two summers. Especially Virat, Virat and uh, Smith has been more experienced than Barbara Asam. Barbara Asam has been uh, into uh, this white uh, red ball format. Uh, especially this uh, big form has been since 2018, as you mentioned. In, since 2018, he has, he has the best average. Uh, with minimum 20 innings. So uh, he has shown his form in South Africa. He was the second leading run scorer for Pakistan. In Australia, he was the uh, leading run scorer for Pakistan. But coming to England condition, it won't be easy, especially against James Sanders and Stuart Broad has been performing really well. Jofra Archer with his bouncers and with his pace might trouble uh, Barbara Asam. So it won't be easy to Barbara uh, to replicate what he has uh, what Steve Smith or Virat Kohli has done in 2018 or 2019. But I believe he can score around 280 to 320 runs in the series uh, with, uh, with one century and couple of 50s. I'm going with that, but uh, making three, four hundred, five hundred runs won't be easy. Uh, if uh, especially James Anderson needs to prove uh, he was in among wickets like Stuart Broad, uh, who has performed really well in two Test matches. So Anderson will be itching to get among lots of wickets, especially he is nearing to that six hundred. Uh, Mark, uh, then uh, Jofra Archer needs to prove, especially he has been in lots of critics and other things. 
so uh, he needs to prove so uh, the and this is the final home series for england also in world test championship so uh, they will be taking this performance uh, especially who will be the first preference in india uh, when england tours in february march in 2021 so babar azam has lots of things to face uh, and other batsmen also uh, we can't uh, virat kohli had few uh, like uh, pujara scored a uh, couple of hundreds so rahana had a uh, few 80 uh, 70s 50s so babar needs some uh, help from other batsmen also uh, if you look at uh, current batting lineup uh, i don't think we can't trust anyone other than rusuan uh, in top 7 even uh, openers has been in poor form in practice games asarali uh, has been pretty ordinary only rusuan who scored really well uh, in australia also uh, babar has been scoring uh, almost two years uh, so i don't think he will be having a big series like steve smith or virat kohli but he will be performing like what he did in australia uh, i think he scored around uh, he scored 197 uh, one innings he scored something 97 and he scored some hundred also in one of the innings at gamba so i think he will be replicating same what he did in australia yeah i think that sounds uh, fair and that's probably a very realistic prediction for how babar azam is going to perform in this series so rahul we saw in the west indies uh, test series how you know england rotated their bowlers throughout the course of the series is that something that we can continue to expect against i think what we all agree is probably a stronger opposition especially given the success england pakistan have had against england lately and if they do choose to go in with a full strength side for you know all three test matches can the bowlers you know especially jimmy anderson at the ripe young age of 38 who just turned 38 a couple of days ago and jofra archer who's had a fairly lengthy injury layoff recently uh, last all three tests especially given how thick and fast they'll be coming uh, and, and on the back of a series against the west indies not too long ago yeah uh, for the first test they definitely need to go in with the strongest attack that is what they missed in the West Indies series where they dropped or uh, rested Stuart Broad. You go into your first test with your strongest attack and put the pressure on the opposition team. Uh, so ideally, with the second and with second test, you can probably rest Jimmy Anderson because of the injury issues he's he's been going through often, uh, often around, and probably then rotate him with Chris Wokes and then Jofra Archer maybe for the last test bring Anderson back. for uh, instead of archer because even jofra archer he's been the uh, all format fast bowler so they also need to use him preciously and he's also had a long layoff with the injury so i will be probably rotating with chris wokes with anderson and archer for the next two tests after the first test that would be my that would be my decision i'm going with this yeah Yeah, yeah, but I suppose that will also depend on the results of the first two test matches, yeah. and you know if, if they if they you know lose the first test, then I'm sure they'll have to play a first full strength side for the second one, you know, irrespective of the fitness levels. But yeah, Jones, I think we are all in agreement that Pakistan are a vastly superior batting side to the West Indies uh, to the West Indies side, or at least a slightly superior one, if not a vastly superior one, to the West Indies side that England faced last month. but one of the major reasons why west indies have been competitive in england over the last couple of tours 
is the quality of their bowling and uh, bowling has traditionally been pakistan's strength as well and this time around it's no different they have a very promising pace attack you know in the form of you know mohammad abbas sahin shah afridi naseem shah and they've got a very experienced spinner in yasir shah who's played in england in the past and you know turned in match winning performances as well uh, my question to you john is how does this attack compare to the west indies attack and who do you think is going to be the main man for them and is there a case for you know sohail khan who's done well in the warm up matches to force his way into the 11 maybe there is you know if, if they do go in the five bowlers and you know play maybe shadab khan ahead of uh, uh, ahead of uh, fawad alam then is there a case for playing four genuine fast bowlers and leaving out yasir shah i think uh, west indies had the experience if you look at kimar roach or jason holder uh, or uh, even uh, uh, if you look that they have good uh, pace attack since 2018 they have been uh, one of the best attacks but comparing to pakistan uh, they have little experience even nasim has played much test matches or even shaheen also both has took uh, five wicket holds in home matches but still the they lack experience especially we uh, with uh, not saleva they might be bowling long overs and uh, they need to uh, uh, they need to find new ways if uh, ben stokes or uh, joe root get going they will be under lots of pressure uh, we have seen in australia when david warner was scoring lots uh, 300 uh, uh, pakistan bowlers didn't had much uh, answers to this so they need to find a way if you look at, at the bowling attack we are i'll be going with mohammad abbas shaheen shafridi and nasim shah and yasir uh, shah as the oldest spinner uh, but uh, so helkan has uh, played really well in the warm matches he picked a five wicket hold but uh, if you if i am rotating any fast bowlers then uh, so helkan will be including in the attack uh but i don't think uh, they'll be so they'll be including sohail khan in first two test matches they'll be going with their first uh, attack with shaheen naseem and uh, abbas abbas has done really well in england uh, in 2018 he has uh, pick uh, he was the main man for pakistan winning the lot the lots just along with babar azam scoring that crucial 68 something uh, and uh, bas uh, got an injury in 2019 in south africa series and he was he was the uh, number one ranked test bowler also during that time but then it was a let down in uh, for almost one year but he came back really well in the last home season he picked couple of four wicket holds against sri lanka something so he has been in uh, good rhythm even in practice matches he has been bowling with good economical spells that uh, gives uh, shaheen lots of confidence especially shaheen is a wicket taking bowler he uh, almost like a stuart broad a stuart broad last two years especially nasir hussain mentioned he was pitching the ball up and he was not afraid of going runs and uh, it's a similar kind of uh similar kind of uh, bowler uh, uh, shaheen shafridi so with abbas uh, uh, given that confidence of uh, cutting down that runs and shaheen going all out, all out uh, with his uh, with his uh, pitching up deliveries that might cause uh, england batsmen lots of trouble and uh, this uh, nasim pace can trouble pakistan uh, west indies uh, england batting unit we, uh, we have seen kimar roach and even shanon gabriel was when he was in right to them in first test uh, england batsmen didn't have uh, much 
uh, answers to it in the first test. Even Kimar Roach bowled beautifully against Ben Stokes in the third test when he cleaned up Ben Stokes some after bowling some quick bounces. So Nasim can do uh, can repeat uh, what Roach did against Ben Stokes. In the third test, uh, so uh, Nasim's pace and uh, uh, Shaheen's fearless attitude and Abbas uh, that uh, his uh, economical spells can cause some trouble to uh, England bat- batters. Um, but I don't think they'll be uh, looking for Sohail Khan at least for the first two tests. If anyone is tired, they can do. Uh, but West Indies didn't have that choice. Uh, if you look at Chibar Holder or, or Shayna Thomas or Keon Hardy, anyone did it. Uh, none of them ha- didn't have that experience. But Pakistan has the experience in the uh, reserve bench. If you consider there is Wahab Riyas, there is uh, Sohail Khan who has done well in Pakistan in practice matches as well as in uh, old, uh, past series in uh, England. So they have the bench strength con- uh, comparing to the West Indies, but uh, first attack, uh, West Indies was much better. Uh, they have the experience of performing three years continuous, uh, two or three years continuously in the longer format, even troubling uh, uh, better teams like England in their backyard. So uh, we can't compare these two attacks, but uh, the only uh, City aspect for Pakistan is that they have a bench strength experience, bench strength compared to West Indies. If they need to rotate any bowlers, uh, if the three test matches coming in 20 days, something so they need to rotate somewhere, maybe in third test or second test, so they can do that. Uh, and they even there is Fahim Ashraf is there, there is Shadab Khan is there, both. Uh, Shadab has improved his batting in T20 level. We have seen his batting performance in PSL uh, and he has scored some runs also here and there. Uh, for him, batting has been really under par, but his bowling is almost economical. But still, I will be going with, uh, as I told earlier, seven batsmen plus Yasser plus uh, three uh, fast bowlers consisting of uh, Nasim, uh, Shaheen, uh, and Abbas. Right, so right. Uh, so one last question to Abu before we wind up. Uh, how on earth do you stop the phenomenon that is Ben Stokes? You know, Ben Stokes has been, you know, the standout cricketer in the world, I think, in both Test cricket as well as ODI cricket over the last 18 months or probably longer than that. Uh, and, you know, no, no one has really found an answer to him. Uh, you know, he did well against, uh, you know, he was outstanding against Australia. He was outstanding in South Africa. Uh, you know, and he was, you know, unstoppable against uh, West Indies as well at home. So uh, Pakistan have got Yasser Shah in their side. So that's uh, his leg spin could possibly be a point of difference that they could possibly try out against him. Uh, we saw in the World Cup that you know Mitchell Stark got the better of him and you know in won the Test matches as well. So Pakistan have got Shaheen Shah Afridi is is left arm pace dancer. Uh, just how do you stop go about stopping the most informed? player in world cricket at the moment because you know, no one seems to have a clue. Yeah, I think the answer lies in the... I mean, frankly, there is no answer considering Stokes' form. But if there is to be any chance, I think the answer lies in the second thing, what you said um, about left-arm pace. And you actually mentioned this in our chat that you felt that Stokes might have a slight vulnerability against left-arm pace. And I actually went around to check the numbers on this and I think you're absolutely right. 
Um, he averages 14 in test cricket against Stark, 24 against Mitchell Johnson. Mind you, this is early in his career when he was when he was wasn't even close to being the batsman he is right now. Uh, and 34 against Trent Bolt. So I actually went and looked at these dismissals, and one thing I saw was that it was actually fairly conventional bowling bowling that got Stokes out. Um, you know, just bowling, just consistently bowling in the channel outside the off stump at a good length. Eventually, Stokes uh, succumbed to the temptation of either lunging at the ball or driving at it, um, leading to an edge in the slips. So I think that is, frankly, Pakistan's best hope um, with Shaheen, especially considering the form that Shaheen is in. And as um, as, John's, as John said, um, Kima Roach troubled Stokes a little bit in the third test. He um, directed a few bouncers at him, which I think is a good strategy considering that Recently, Stokes has been batting outside of his crease a lot, something we've seen a lot of other batsmen do. And um, Stokes, frankly, even charges fast bowlers these days. So I think bowling a few bouncers, making him stick into his crease, and then bowling that perfect length, that perfect, you know, classic test match line in England will be the best answer. And I think Shaheen is best placed to do that. But even Abbas could make a difference, especially um, especially if Pakistan can get Three quick wickets. I think Stokes could be vulnerable against um, relatively new ball, you know, before the 20th or 25th over. So I think those are your only chances against someone who is in the kind of form that Stokes is in right now. All right. So, yeah, I, I guess that's, I guess we've covered enough. Uh, so, obviously, and as always, before we wind up, you know, predictions, uh, leading run scorer, leading wicket taker, and the series scoreline. I'll start with you, Rahul. Come again, please. Yeah. No, I, I'm asking for the predictions, series predictions. Leading run scorer, leading wicket taker, and the series score line. Uh, yeah, uh, I think the leading run scorer is going to be Ben Stokes again. He's in outstanding form, uh, probably averaging uh, around 70 this year. So I back him. He has an, uh, an outstanding series in South Africa as well. Uh, with the, high, the highest wicket taker, I think with the form Stuart Broad is showing, I have to back him. And series prediction, I would like to see, I mean, England getting 3-0, but Pakistan can get a game here and there. So I, I'd go safe with, say, 2-1. Yeah, that sounds, sounds good. Uh, Abu? Yeah, I'll I'll agree with Rahul about the leading wicket taker. I think it'll be Stuart Broad considering the form he's in, and especially with um, Pakistan. If Pakistan play Masood, and especially if they play Imam, uh, I think those guys will be walking wickets against him. Um, in terms of leading run scorer, I'm gonna go with Babur because just because I think he's been in great form over the last two years, and I think he can replicate that form here. And in terms of the series prediction, I think I'll go with 1-1. One, one. Uh, we've seen rain play a huge part in the English summer so far. So I think one game will be heavily affected by rain. And I think Pakistan do steal a test. All right. So, you know what? Uh, the last 10 test matches between these two sides in England have all ended in results. You know, England won 3-1 in 2010. Uh, the 2016 series was 2-2 and the 2018 series ended 1-1. So, yeah, that's a bold prediction predicting a draw. But, yeah, cricket is a funny game, so you never know what happens. 
Jones, your predictions for the series? Leading wicket taker, I will go. I will be going with uh, Shaheen Shah Afridi, and uh, leading run scorer will be. I think it will be Joe Root. Uh, then series prediction, two one for England. All right, all right, all right. So yeah, gentlemen, that's a wrap from us this week. Uh, thanks a lot, Jones. Thanks a lot, Abu. And as always, thanks a lot, Rahul, for joining. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, now, until next week, this is your host Sanket Singhbal signing off. We'll see you after the conclusion of the first test between Pakistan and England. Have a good week. By the barest of margins, by the barest of all margins. You are kidding me. You are kidding me. No, no way. You cannot do that, Ben Stokes. Carlos Brathwaite! Carlos Brathwaite! Remember the name!